Hi, and welcome to Crypto Chats, a podcast that explores cryptids, alien encounters, and ghost stories. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Chats. Um, This week, we're going to talk about... I know I said last week that I was going to do something new and, like, change it up a little bit, but I changed my mind, and this week we're going to talk about um, one of my fave cryptids, um, our, you know, friendly neighborhood uh, Squatch-related being in New Hampshire. Um, We're going to talk about Wood Devils. Uh, if you're not familiar with wood devils, you're about to be. Um, and if you are local to New England, um, I hope this does not uh, send you running away from the woods because it definitely has made me want to go more into the woods. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So, wood devils. Um, wood devils, okay, so before I go too far with this, it has not been proven that they are part of the Squatch family, but... They are very, very similar in appearance and, like, um, personality and temperament to Sasquatches, um, with a couple, like, exceptions of, like, the fact that they're tall and skinny as opposed to, like, tall and bulky, um, and they're a little bit more timid and whatever, um, so, uh, that might be a controversial take. I don't really know if, you know, how people are gonna respond to me saying they're part of the Squatch family, but that's how I have perceived it, so that's how it shall be in my brain. Okay, so, uh, Wood Devils are, or as some people call them, the Wood Devils of Coos County. Uh, Coos County, uh, New Hampshire is, like, way, way, way up at the top, um, and where Wood Devils, um, made their kind of home base, um, is actually in Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, which is literally, like, it almost kisses the Canadian border. Um, It's about, it's a little less than 60 miles from the Canadian border. It's very, very high up there. Um, And that part of New Hampshire is very heavily wooded. It's, like, you know, not a lot of people live up there. There aren't a lot of, like, big towns like we have on the seacoast. And it's kind of really the perfect place for any sort of, like, deep wood dwelling creature. Um, and the first sightings of these wood devils of Coos County were in, like, the early 1900s, and there was a big, 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 um, kind of boom of sightings in the 1930s, and now, to this day, we still have, uh, wood devil sightings. I almost said squatch sightings because I, um, am really just following that path in my head. Um, uh, but no, not squatch sightings, wood devil sightings in New Hampshire, Um, and yeah, I have some stories to tell about that towards the end, but first I'm going to go over the description a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so like I said, Squatch-like in features, um, so picture like a weird humanoid ape creature. Like I I think most people are pretty familiar with what, um, the standard Bigfoot looks like. Um, we've all seen him on the, on the progressive commercial, um, So, you know, wood devils are very similar to that, Um, but instead of being, like, tall and beefy um, and muscly, they're tall, even, maybe even potentially taller than um, your standard Sasquatch, 
um, and very, very lean and skinny. Um, they're super, super timid, very non-confrontational, and they generally want pretty much nothing to do with humans, um, which is something I've noticed about Squatch sightings um, in other places, is that, like, they're usually generally pretty curious, at least a little bit about humans, um, and relatively territorial about their space. That is not the case with wood devils at all. Um, and they would much sooner hide behind a tree, um, than try to chase you off. Um, though one thing I will say is that they have been known, um, to scream in your face <laughs> if you get too close, um, which is funny because their whole gig and the way that, that they've been known to protect themselves is to literally stand there and pretend to be a tree. Um, because of their fur color, which is like brownish grayish, um, which if you have ever looked at a tree in New Hampshire, it's the same fucking color as a tree. So, um, their, their defense mechanism as so to speak is to, uh, stand there like a fucking tree. And then when you get too close, they scream. Um, in the thirties, there were a lot of sayings of like, people, not necessarily sayings, but, you know, something that people passed around a lot in relation to these creatures was that you were more likely to walk past one thinking it was a tree than you were to ever actually encounter one knowingly, which I think is interesting. Um, one of the things that, that they reported a lot of in the 30s, too, was, like, seeing them while they were out hunting, like, slinking around tree, tree trunks, um, trying to, like, stay on the opposite side. As you, you know how you see in cartoons, um, you've got like someone on one side of a pole and they're like slinking around trying to like stay perfectly straight across from the other person as they look around the other side of the pole. It's very much that kind of a thing. Um, and I kind of love that and I like that their whole gig is like you get too close to them and they just scream because especially in COVID world, um, I do the same thing. If you get too close to me, I scream. Um, except their scream is probably scarier because it's definitely more high-pitched and definitely more shrill. Um, so anyway, um, the reported sightings started around the early 1900s, as I said, in Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, um, which again is pretty damn close to the Canadian border. Um, that region of New Hampshire is all very deeply wooded, and it's the perfect habitat for a creature that wants no human interaction, um, especially back in the day in the time period of the 30s. That area would have been way less populated by humans um, and would have probably more likely have been like maybe just like a logging town, which New Hampshire has a lot of those. Um, most of them are abandoned at this point, um, but... Some of them do still exist, but realistically in the 30s, that's kind of more what it would have been. Um, eyewitnesses describe them as being over like seven feet tall, super lean, very skinny, um, with very long arms, which is kind of scary. They're also bipedal, which I didn't mention that before, but I think it, I think it kind of could have been assumed. They are bipedal, um, so they're just like super tall human ape things. And they're scary, but not in, like, an aggressive way. Um, but they're also known to move faster than a human can. Which, honestly, I think kind of makes them scarier. It's like, you can't outrun it. If, that, if you get one that's, like, a little bit less timid than the rest, like, you might be fucked. It might get you. 
Um, so like I said, they've been known to slink around tree trunks and hide to avoid human interaction completely. But a lot of eyewitnesses have reported mistaking them for trees completely because of how still they stand. Um, which is, I think is interesting. I think it's cool that they can stand still enough that people can't see them. Like, that's nuts. I wish I could do that. And in my customer service jobs, I would just stand there. No one would know it was me. And then I wouldn't have to work. Uh, if only. Um, but they're known to emit a very, very, very high-pitched squeal when threatened. Um, and when I say when threatened, I mean either, like, directly or indirectly. Because you always have those people who are, like... You know, like, we've all seen, like, Bigfoot hunters and shit, and, like, people who, like, go out of their way to, like, be an aggressive asshole um, at these creatures they don't understand. Uh, but in the case of the wood devils, you're more likely, I feel, to threaten them by accidentally walking too close to them, um, which, like, I feel. I understand. Um, so they emit this high-pitched kind of squeal noise to scare off any predator, um, whether it be human or another um, animal, another, like, you know, wooden predator that we have around here in Hampshire, like a bear or a moose even. Um, their scream is similar to that of a fisher. If you are local to this area, you may know what I'm talking about and you've probably heard a fisher or potentially a wood devil screaming out in the woods. Um, they kind of sound like, uh, like a woman screaming. They're fucking terrifying. Um, and they're awful and I don't like them. But anyway, um, who knows? Could have been a wood devil this whole time. This whole time I've been out being like, fuck fishers. I hate the way they sound. It could have been a wood devil. Um, which makes me boo-boo the fool. Anyway, um, accounts of these creatures have been reported all along the Appalachian Trail um, in parts of Vermont and up through Canada. But it seems that the woods that surround Pittsburgh, New Hampshire are kind of like their home base. It's kind of where they've like really settled down and made um their zone um and also i feel like a lot of people don't know this but the appalachian mountains run through new hampshire and like through new england and up through where i live because um, i feel like i hear a lot of stuff about um the appalachian mountains like down in the south and like north carolina and kentucky and those places um and their areas of high strangeness uh, but very seldom do I hear that related to the rest of the Appalachian Mountains, which as somebody who lives around here, I can tell you there's plenty of high strangeness. It just doesn't get um, investigated as often. Um, so just throwing that out, th out there. Um, so as far as sightings, like recently, not as many have been reported, but there are a couple things um, that are to blame for that for, to me anyway. Um, one of those things being that wood devils being so close in appearance um, to the standard Sasquatch, like I live in New Hampshire, I get a lot of like articles and like um, posts and stuff sent to me by friends and by family about various Bigfoot sightings in the area um, and things like that because people know that that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. Um, and I think a lot of times it's a case of misidentification. That is, I don't know why that sounded weird the way it came out of my mouth, but, um, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of the time it's a bit of mistaken identity and, you know, obviously not everybody is a cryptid expert. I understand that, <laughs> but I, as a, I'm not a cryptid expert. I am 
I know, I know, I know a thing or two. I'm not an expert though, but as somebody who knows a thing or two and knows, like, has this, you know, expansive fucking useless scripted knowledge in my brain, I know the difference between a wood devil and a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. Um, and most people who don't care about this stuff as deeply as I do would not know that. Um, and I think about that a lot too, because if you were around for my Dogman episode, I talked about how there are a lot of overlapping reports between um, Dogman and Sasquatch sightings, and I think it's a bit of mistaken identity. Um, just in the sense that, like, from far away, those creatures could be interchangeable, um, and a lot of them are known to act pretty similarly to the other. Um, with the exception of, like, you know, some of them have better temperaments than others. But in the case of people of New Hampshire, um, the the Bigfoot one being the, the big cryptid that everybody knows, I think, is what everyone jumps to. Um, so there not being as many wood devil sightings in this state, even though this is kind of where they came from and where they are, um, I think, personally, just think it's, it's a case of um, people not quite knowing what they're looking at, which is fine. Um, so from the 1930s until, I guess, when this sighting came up, um, which again, this one could have been labeled away as a Bigfoot sighting, but I happened to find it, so uh, clearly it didn't get too pushed to the side. Um, so in 2000, there was a couple that had a close encounter with what they described as a tall, hairy, bigfoot, or bigfoot, no, tall, hairy, barefooted creature, um, that was later described fitting the wood devil description almost to a T, um, as it cut them off on a a hiking trail and then ran away from them, which, um, attitude-wise is pretty, pretty on par with what people have described from wood devils. It didn't scream at them, but that's, that's okay. We can't all be so lucky. Um, and then I have another sighting from 2004 where a man and his grandfather were out deer hunting, um, in the deep woods of New Hampshire, uh, which is for some reason real fucking popular here. I don't understand why, but that's okay. That's what they're out doing. Um, and they also stumbled across a creature that fit the same description of a wood devil to a T, um, but this time they were screamed at and they fucking ran away, which is fair. Um, and yeah, so that's like, as far as modern sightings go, as and as far as ones that haven't been um, locked away in the Bigfoot vault, um, that's, you know, those are some pretty good encounters. Um, but I, so I... A lot of you know I do paranormal investigation and have been for a long time. Um, there are a lot of spots on the edges of the main border that I really like to go to. Um, and one day, uh, while my dad was out, he found a little stretch of road um, that is marshy, like swampy on one side, and this like really heavily wooded deep ravine on the other side. And he stopped because my dad does photography and he stopped to take some photos of this marsh area um, because it, you know, looked really nice to him and he wanted to capture it. And while he was stopped um, from behind him deep in the ravine, which only goes down probably like like 
50, 60 feet. Like, you can see the bottom of it. It's not, like, horrifyingly, like, deep. It's not a black hole, but it's pretty deep. It's deep enough that if you fell in, you'd have a hard time getting out. Um, and it's very steep on the sides. Anyway, my dad heard this, uh, like, crazy, like, blood-curdling scream come from down in the ravine. Um, and he was really shocked and he, you know, was very certain that it was not a human, but it scared him enough that he decided it was time for him to leave. And he called me shortly after to be like, Hey, heard this thing. Do you know what it might've been? Um, and you know, me being the person I am said, Oh, you know, it's probably a wood devil. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck is that? Who are you? Um, and you know, I gave him an explanation and recently, well, I say recently, but I really mean like over the summer it's now almost January. Um, well, I guess now it is January. Um, so over the summer, um, my dad took me and two of the members from my ghost hunting team to the location on our way to um, investigate um, a haunted place. And we stopped to kind of like, you know, scope out the area, see what was going on. And at that point, I had not brought my boots with me. It wasn't cold enough yet that I needed to wear them. Um, so I was still sticking with my shitty beat up vans and, um, we spotted what looked to be like a print in the mud down in the swamp. Um, but unfortunately because I was not wearing boots, I did not try to go down there. Um, the whole area surrounding that was also covered with poison ivy. So I was not about to, um, risk my life. Uh, to go check out this print because I am allergic to poison ivy very badly. Um, so we left. We kind of scoped out the area a little bit. We left. Uh, later, a couple weeks later, um, my boyfriend and our friend Heather, who's part of our ghost hunting team, um, we all went to that spot without my dad. Um, just just so happened he just had wasn't there with us that time. And so when we got there, I had been wearing boots. I was also wearing two pairs of pants because uh, it was fucking cold. Um, and I went down into the swamp. A lot of the ground had frozen at that point um, just because it got very cold very quickly last year. Um, and we also had gone there the first time at the very end of summer. So um, in case you're wondering how weather changes in New England, it's, it's a lot. Anyway. Um, so I got down into the swamp and I caught, um, some pictures of some other prints that were down in there. There was one that was frozen into the ground in the same spot where I had seen the first print. I believe it probably was the first print and it had just kind of frozen there. Um, I can't be too sure though because it was, um, you know, weeks afterwards, but um, <laughs> we had brought Heather's car and Heather, um, being the wonderful, um, person that they are had a stick in the back so that we could knock on some trees and attempt to contact whatever was living in these woods. Um, and Heather also does an incredible squatch call. Um, it's honestly really good. And, you know, we spent about an hour or two on the side of this road, <laughs> um, you know, calling out to what we thought could potentially be some wood devils. Um, unfortunately, like we got, so we got a couple responses to, um, our yips and our whoops and stuff. Um, and I found those cool prints in the ground. Um, but other than that, we didn't get 
a lot of solid evidence. Um, and truthfully, we probably would have stayed longer, but that ravine is really creepy. There's something about it that's just like very off-putting. And if you, you might already know this, but I'm wicked scared of the woods. I read a lot of things about scary stuff in the woods. Um, and I'm, I'm very scared of the woods in general. And so I try to stay out of, especially as it starts to get dark, I try to stay as far away from heavily wooded areas as I possibly can because at night it extra scares me and I just don't fuck with it. So I think the ravine being so deeply wooded definitely set me on edge. Um, but also it goes so far down. Um, what's fun though is I do have a photo of my boyfriend who crawled down into the ravine to try to look in like a water drainage pipe that was down there. Um, and he's a, he's a tall dude and he looks like a fucking child because he is just being like, you know, just totally mal like, I don't know. I don't know what the right word for what I'm trying to say is, but he's just like in comparison to the heavily wooded, super steep, fucking scary ravine around him. He just looks so tiny. Um, but yeah, I mean, come spring, we'll definitely go back out and be investigating that area more. Um, cause as a lot of you know, in the winter, we kind of stay pretty dormant. It's just, it's very cold and living in New England, um, the weather's unpredictable enough that it's hard to plan, um, times where we can safely go out and investigate some of this stuff. Um, so eventually we will go back out there and try to see what has been living in that area because, you know, the, the sounds that we heard, um, when making sound, looking for a reply, were definitely not human. Um, and they also definitely don't belong to anything, um, any sort of like animal life that lives in New England. Um, unless suddenly we have monkeys here. That's all I'm saying about that. So anyway, um, I'm going to wrap this episode up. Um, wood devils are one of my favorite things to talk about, um, just because of the close proximity, um, to me that they hold, uh, like region wise, because obviously like they are from New Hampshire and that's where they reside still. And being someone who lives in New Hampshire and grew up here, um, I think that's awesome. And I'm very proud of our local cryptid, um, and their screaming and stuff. So, uh, if you know, anyone wants to talk about wood devils, just, you know, hit me up on Instagram. Let's chat about them. I love them. Also, if you have any stories, I would love to hear them. Um, as with most things, if you have stories, I want to hear them. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's it. That's all I have. Um, quick Patreon shout out, uh, to my sweet friend, Akatooch. Uh, Patreon link is in the description of every episode and also in my link tree. If you're enjoying the content that I'm putting out, like definitely um, subscribe to my Patreon because I've got a lot of cool stuff going on there. Uh, and yeah, so I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!